This podcast is brought to you by the Female Health Hub. The Female Health Hub is my online fertility and period program that is designed to change your life in just 90 days. Because believe it or not, 90 days is all it takes to change the quality of your hormones and mature one single egg. We set this course up during lockdown because we wanted to get the information out to as many people as possible. And we have helped over 45 women get pregnant, period pains have vanished, heavy periods have normalized, irregular periods have become regular, women are ovulating, weight loss has become effortless, moods have improved, skin has cleared up, everyone is just feeling so much better just through tiny upgrades to their life. The first step is about understanding your body. And the second is about knowing exactly how to nourish it to bring you back into balance. There's no calorie counting or set meal plans and I don't get you to exercise profusely. It's just very gentle and it's beautiful because it's about connecting to your own unique cycle. I would love to help you. And if this is right up your street and you're interested and you want to make a change for 2022, then visit my website, jodiebramman.com. And welcome to the Female Health Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Jodie Bradman. With every episode, I'm here to talk about female health and living a massively fulfilled life. I want to help figure out why we're here, how we can live our best life ever, and how we can tap into those amazing feminine vibes that seem to have got lost somewhere along the way in this crazy modern world we're living in. Okay, let's do this. In this episode, I chat with holistic fertility doctor and author of the amazing Hay House book, Spiritual Fertility, Dr. Julie Vaughan. Dr. Julie Vaughan has studied Chinese medicine, worked with healers, shamans and doctors and is a medical intuitive, bringing together all different disciplines to create her own spiritual fertility method. We talk about transgenerational trauma and healing old wounds, expansive versus contractive energies, how to track synchronicities, how Dr. Julie saw her daughter years before she was born, letting go of attachments and unconditional love. I really hope you'll enjoy this episode. And if you do, please hit subscribe, tell your friends so we can get this conversation out there and to everyone that needs to hear it. Dr. Judy Bunn, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Very excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you. I came across your book, Spiritual Fertility, maybe like six months or a year ago, and it was one of the best things I've read, and I've been wanting to talk to you about this for so long, and I'm so pleased you agreed to come on the podcast. You have just kind of, I, I always say to my clients, that nutrition is one thing and I think it's an amazing foundation and we have to get that right but Mm. there's so much more and it is kind of a lot of the time goes beyond our realm of understanding and this is what your book is all about yeah how did you get into this it's uh well my book spiritual fertility uh, is which came out um, with Hay House is a, a, a primer and a guidebook basically on um, the clinical work that I that I've done in the world of holistic fertility work in New York City over the last two decades basically um, and all my extra training as a healer and my journeys and my um, educational path and and how I navigated. Uh, 
you know, how do you find that line between the allopathic, the Western medical model and alternative medicine? And at the end of the day, as I started to see just naturally more and more people were coming to me with fertility um, imbalances or not being able to get pregnant when they wanted to or endocrine disruptions in general, hormonal health issues across the board, younger and younger women I was seeing, you know, Whereas when I first started out, it was sort of, I always see folks who are a bit in their late thirties. And then I started to, you know, the, the sliding scale of age here, I started to see younger and younger women who really are, I believe, impacted by, um, you know, the stress of the modern world, the exogenous pollution and hormones and a lot of mishandling and treatment by their medical professionals or um, trauma that's unresolved. And, um, you know, life experiences. So you had, I had to come to this, I came to this moment where I was like, what is it that I'm doing differently here than just uh, what I'm classically trained in, which is traditional Chinese medicine or classical Chinese medicine, which I was uh, my, my normal course of, of, of treatment for my patients. And I started to notice that I was pulling in a lot of other elements of spiritual practice, right? So there's already a component of spirituality or acknowledgement of the emotions, the emotional body and how it impacts health and classical Chinese medicine. But the, uh, how could that then start to work better for patients now, right? So what's the ancient medicine for the modern world? And what I love about fertility in general, what really lights me up and, you know, working with the difficulty of it, which is for a lot of folks includes a lot of loss and a lot of disappointment and a lot of trauma. I, I always, that what I say to my clients all the time is that when you don't get pregnant when you want to, massive window of healing opportunity is opening up. And it's not like any other time in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you have, you suffer from you know, bad headaches or even a chronic injury, you're never going to do or read or research or you know, drive an hour across town to see a special doctor like you will when it comes to fertility. You never start to analyze your relationship with your partner, your transgenerational history, trauma, uh, your work, right? It's a beautiful window. And because I, my belief um, at the core as a healer is that, you know, all symptoms um, are exactly that, that the root of everything is what, as, as healers and as human beings, our real journey is about um, addressing and uncovering. And that's kind of what provides our, our life path, right? Mm -hmm. So the book, Spiritual Fertility, is, uh, again, like my, my roadmap to how to start to use spiritual practices to help get pregnant. Yes. And it is, you've got so many amazing exercises at sort of each chapter, but you, you just mentioned something before that I'd love to go into in more depth because I don't think a lot of people have come across this before. What is transgenerational trauma and how does, how does it affect our fertility? Sure. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, and people are speaking about it more and more in, in, um, biology it's known as more epigenetics right? So the epigenetics, which is sort of like how your environment meets your biology and, and the interchange between the two, right? Like the age old question, how much does environment really shape us, right? Versus our biology. 
So the transgenerational trauma specifically, um, you know, when we think about reproduction, we, you are your mother's daughter, your mother is her mother's daughter. And as you know, that wonderful uh, fact about you were actually inside of your grandmother, right? Because you were inside of your mother who was inside of her. Um, there's a quality of what the past our ancestors experienced, right? And, and what we hold of that. And so certainly what? if you think about it, of, of course we're impacted by our ancestors, right? So the, the trauma piece there isn't necessarily the negative part of that. You know, trauma means wound. That's what the word means. And wounds, um, my daughter fell off her bike. Uh, she was learning to ride and I had to go somewhere. I was in a hurry. And so I swooped her up. I said, she was crying. I said, you're fine, you're fine, get in the car. Guess what happened next time she got on the bike? It took 45 minutes, right? To even talk her into getting onto it. When if I had just taken the time at that moment, right? Mm. The healing would have been not as long. So some wounds, right? That aren't healed when they happen can be passed down through time, right? Yeah. And sometimes we're aware of these. Uh, when I work one-on-one -on -one with clients, I go through a map of trauma, transgenerational trauma. I explore certain things like um, what I call the, the family crypt, um, which is like secrets, right? It's so, okay. such a secret that it has to almost have like a sarcophagus of secrecy around it. But maybe you caught wind of it, you know? Um, my, my second cousin, um, my mom's first cousin died very early on in the 1980s of AIDS. And it was like, hush, no one in the family spoke about it, you know? But I heard it, I overheard something. So I wanted to always address that and talk about it. And it made, you know, this is an example of how I was trying to be a somewhat of a, maybe a little bit of a black sheep, but also a healer. And what was so big, the problem was there was so much grief and sadness at the root, right? And then the mm. stigma at that time. So you see then, and then of course, like what does this have to do with fertility? How does this, what does this matter? Besides just the fact that it's about reproduction. Because trauma, you know, it makes stress hormones in your body when it happens. Adrenaline, cortisol, it puts you into a fight or flight situation, mm. you know. I, I, I don't think there are any wounds that don't make you make your animal body hypervigilant, right? Yeah. So guess what high stress hormones do? They, they talk to every pregnant. other hormone in the body. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because your animal body, even if everything's great on paper, your animal body's like, well, maybe like, let's just do next month. Like this one doesn't feel quite right. Like what's the safest environment, the best time. And so that's when, you know, the, at, at, like that example, as I start to map out with clients, like it's not just about it's not happening. It's like, let's figure out where the pieces are of engagement in your nervous system, right? And how is that keeping you in fight or flight? How is that keeping your animal body from being like, cool, let's do this, right? So what are some examples of that? Mm -hmm. what, what could that be? And also things that are passed down, like, could it be something, because when I think about what you've said in this transgenerational trauma, I'm thinking 
what if my grandma was stressed out about something? Is that then impacting my ability to fall pregnant? Is that is that how it worked? Or what are other examples? Sure. No, that, that's a great question. And I'm sure um, probably your listeners today, you could on a very um, on the most superficial level, we can start thinking about the stories that we inherited, right? Even before we tried to get pregnant or, or thinking about it, like, well, your grandmother had, you know, five miscarriages before her first son was born, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Or she lost, you know, or a mystery around it, like something went wrong and the baby was lost. And so when you hear that, especially before you've um, started your fertility, you know, open window, so to speak. Um, it influences your narrative, yeah? It starts to be like, well, maybe if that was hers, then it's gonna be mine. Yeah. And so that's another example of a sort of way that the narrative and the story can can be not exactly so deeply in what the endocrine system is that you inherited, but uh, kind of a, a side effect of those stories. Right. But I do, to your point though, it is true. I I think that um, I hesitate to see that it has to be um, a a prolonged stress or trauma. Um, In the world of of, uh, trauma-informed therapy, which I I do a lot of in my practice, you know, there is is acute trauma, trauma that's very acute and present with this. There's a chronic trauma, which is sort of like, you know, think about somebody who's living in an abusive home for a very long time, right? And then you have complex traumas, which is a a kind of combination of both of those. So um, I think that a lot of, for instance, in New York City, because uh, over 10% of the population here is of of Jewish descent, and a lot of them were were immigrants from pretty terrible situations post-World War II, I started to see in my, my patients with Jewish, Jewish descent um, tracking back, right? So a lot of times their grandmothers were uh, in concentration camps, starved, um, and, and what you would call complex trauma situations, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I do see correlations between complex trauma situations in the past and current endocrine systems, the body, so, and my patients. So, because I'm sitting here going, oh my God, I was Jewish. I was Jewish. I am Jewish. Is this going to affect, <laughs> <laughs> at one point, is this going to affect my fertility? Like, is there right. something that happened that I wasn't even aware of? It wasn't even around me. Is that sure. going to affect my endocrine system? Sure. Well, the, I mean, and, and this is, I should have, even before getting into, let's talk about the things that can go wrong, right? Or the things that um, can make it take longer, right? To get pregnant, the, yeah. um, instead of not getting pregnant when you want to, there's a, you have to enter into this window of healing. Um, I, would, I should say that, like I said, with the narrative that when you're listening to somebody like me, whose job and life has been about uh, helping people, and sometimes the more traumatizing complex systems, right? Like run all of that through your own filter, right? Your own, protect your narrative in other words, right? Like not everything I'm saying 
applies to you, right? And if it does, if you get a good intuitive hit, like that might be something to look into. Um, then that's when to dive in deeper um, and to do more research, to work with somebody like me or to start reading about it and, and, and diving into it, you know, um, on your own. I, I, I feel as a, um, a woman who has devoted her life to women's health and, and is an extension of that, I'm, I'm a real advocate for women's um, ability to, to really be able to speak and be connected to their own intuition and what they feel is happening. Um, I'm always very hesitant um, to say that, you know, my way is the way. I'm very anti-guru, mm. as, as one would say, because I, I really think that uh, all the best healers and doctors and um, magicians, so to speak, and witches that I've worked with in my life, you know, at the end of my work with them, I feel more resolved in my own voice, right? I don't need them anymore. I didn't, they only strengthened and facilitated my own connection to knowledge, right? So if people so, are sitting mm -hmm. going, oh, like they're, how do I work out if I've got yeah. transgenerational trauma? What, what's kind of the steps that they can take? Sure. Is it that we all have to work with someone like you that can help guide us to tap into our intuition? Or is it that we, we can figure it out on our own? Sure, I think you can figure it out on your own, quite honestly. Uh, that's certainly what my book is about, right? Um, yeah. It's about that first chapter, I start with transgenerational trauma and I end with prayer, you know? Yes. So I work as uh, low down as possible and as high up as, as I can, right? As low down as necessary and as high up as possible. Let me get that right. Um, but I think that, uh, I think a lot of times, and I talk about the, the, the five identifying steps or a map within the book. So if you read that and feel that there's something within that, you're like, absolutely, I've got this. One of which is what I call a replacement child. And if you are a child yourself of somebody who experienced grief or loss, and then um, didn't necessarily take as much time to heal that wound, right? Because it was probably a pretty significant wound before wanting to bring in as much joy and love as possible, right? then guess what energetically you kind of feel in your entire life it's like well i'm not my older sister who died when she was four you know and i'm the i came in right after that there's something in you that will never be able to compare right it's a it's a debt almost it's not fair not fair so but it happens right so there's within the book there's a map and certainly if you feel especially if you're in um if you're in that window of not getting pregnant when you want to and you read those and you're like that's absolutely it then you know mm, right yeah for sure yeah. now I have to really ask you to talk more about your journey because I love your story about how <laughs> you sensed your daughter before she was conceived you had a conversation with her or you you saw her you saw her at some point there was definitely a connection yeah but then it sounds like through your book that you you thought you were really ready for a baby, but then time passed and it just wasn't happening. And then you ended up having dreams about whales and <laughs> trying to come out. Was it jumping out of a plane or protecting? Yeah, whales? yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank you. 
you're can good, you, you're a good reader. <laughs> oh my God, I love that bit. It, can you tell us a little bit more about your story? And then also, I feel like this needs to lead into the most beautiful part, I think, of your book, where you talk about connecting back into your intuition and listening to the unconscious language of how you can kind of give yourself reassurance on your fertility journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you experience this journey, but I do where I, uh, I think we all do. Where we, we know something in our gut, but we're not quite ready to do what it's going to take. To, to get out of the situation, right? Or to address the conflict, right? It's like a lot of the times, um, I, I think we all sort of have a handle on the things that we're uh, sometimes sweeping under the rug or feelings that are like, this isn't a good situation, this isn't right, you know? And going back to, um, The peace, meaning the the place of feeling like I am one with the universe. Everything is unfolding like it should. Um, There's a path. There's a plan for me. I was born when I was supposed to be born, right? Um, when When you're in that space, which I call the expansive, which is what I teach in the first chapter of the book, um, guess what starts to be lowered, right? Stress hormones, right? A lot different than uh, I have to keep track of everything. It's all on my shoulders. Let me done it, done it, right? It's very, I think that's sort of, it's unique to uh, women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, since the sexual revolution and birth control has only been out for married women, you know, since 1967, right? We, which was a, a uh, literally the first time ever to really put a real seal and block on the connection between heart, uterus, sex, reproduction. And then all of that started to get mixed up with being in the workforce and being in the stressful situations of industrialization and modernity and, and like how to like, how do you even do this as a, fam- a new family structure? It's like you, you can feel, even as I'm talking about it, it's just contraction, contraction. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much of that where I don't feel I feel like I have to make my path. There's not a path for me. It's not unfolding. I have to make it, right? Just needing to control everything, right? Control it, yeah, Yeah. because it's new, really, you know? We haven't, it's new in our our biological and genetic memory. And also it's, so it's a wonderful opportunity to be an individual and to do things as women we were never able to do before, but also sort of the unintended consequences of it is like, wow, that certainly has an impact on our, how do we then open those tightly sealed steel doors? And then how do we also return to the expansive? So I think um, I use a lot of tools of um, Jungian psychology, which is about a connection to a collective consciousness. Um, I use a lot of tools of, of dream work in that space and synchronicity and I think that those are all powerful ways to, at the end of the day, get you back into that expansive, you know? And by the and, expansive, it, it's mm-hmm. that feeling of there's some, there's like a higher power, something bigger than you, right? Certainly it's um, a feeling of 
that's what I describe as, you know, it's how I, this is how I teach the nervous system. So um, parasympathetic is sort of like everything's well, your body's, and this is what happens when you go to sleep and rest deeply, or when you're on a beach and you don't have to worry about a job or an email, when you're well and happy and you're like at ease, right? The opposite is that animal instinct, animal body, tight tension, fast heart rate, digestion's tight, right. everything starts to be hypervigilant, right? And that's contractive. So expansive, contractive, stress hormones, right. renewal of like all the good and, you know, neurotransmitters and all of that. I can feel so, it as you're talking. Mm-hmm. I can actually feel those emotions like, ah, got to control or surrender. Exactly. Exactly. So in this, I'm teaching it, I'm leading a, a women's empowerment group and a course called Moon Lodge right now, co-leading it with my dear friend and amazing um, teacher, Lucia Haran. Um, at Esalen Institute in Big Sur, but it's online. And so what we're doing, what we're doing at the very beginning of that course is we're all practicing living in expansion and contraction every day. Like, meaning that as soon as you get off this um, cool podcast, uh, what is the step that you can take to choose to be expansive, right? And start then to like, it becomes quite simple, really. So then measure that window of, well, I know what I want to do after this is um, go take a nap. You know, I'd like to have a cup of tea. I'd like to not do the work that I need to do this this afternoon because I'm quite tired. What I need is actually a little nap, right? Instead, contraction is it's Thursday. Uh, I'd like to have a great weekend. So I should get all my work done now. Also, like, what if I'm not getting back to them? Is that going to mean something? Am I going to lose an opportunity, right? So the difference is, and so as you just start to be like, well, let me just try to choose being in the expansive, what happens is you start to disarm that voice, that story that comes in to be like vigilant, vigilant, vigilant. And all the time, most of the time, it makes everything else just kind of run more smoothly and makes you, uh, allows you to be uh, truly available and present Mm. for what's actually coming your way, okay? You talk yeah. a lot about noticing sort of synchronicities in your life. Like when, you, when you're more in the expansive, you can kind of tap in and see all these synchronicities that are going to help you on your fertility journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I think it's a, but I like that story. And I love that client from years and years ago that I shared in the book, a story of how I uh, came up with the, uh, I signed her a synchronicity journal as a practice, right? Yeah. And in the book, I described the reason why we went with the synchronicity journal was because and I'm sure a lot of your listeners and community will uh, connect with this. She had done quite a lot in the spiritual world, right? She was from quite like a very uh, California kind of commune you know, where it was holistic medicine and all the kind of alternative thinking consciousness was already what she grew up with. So when she uh, had a recurring miscarriage and difficulty on her path, she returned to some of those experiences and would find herself being in a group of, of women who did feel a connection to their spirit babies 
did feel a synchronicity, not synchronicity, but like alignment or energetic information or dreams. And she wasn't feeling anything. And that for her meant it's not going to happen. Contraction, right? It's, it's not for me. There's no message. I'm different than everybody else. Something's wrong with me. A lot of shame, right? Mm-hmm. So trying to build her back a roadmap of um, just more compassion and also not to that not necessarily a belief in a higher power, but just a, a, a belief in something unseen and unknown, right? And that's there and present holding, holding the path, holding her. And so I gave her the synchronicity journal. I was like, she was quite studious. She was very smart. I think she was a chemist or something like that. And uh, so she started to just start, I said, just track signs like that are synchronistic in a little journal. And the next session we had, it was so cool actually, because she came back and she was, she said, um, the first time I, I experienced this, I was listening to a Bob Marley song came on, the, the one with the, oh, what is it? The birds on the window, you know? Oh my God, two, little bird, two little birds were on my window or something like this. It's a Bob Marley song. And she's like, I heard it. And I looked at my window and there were two little birds. Ooh, happening. <laughs> and so she was then able to start and from her own experience in her own way, starting to really, and it translated for her to a, wow, there's something else. There's another, there's something, whatever this is, like there's a flow of energy and I'm a part of it. And that really helped her then um, move into a space of, of more expansion, which again, at the end of the day, reduced her stress hormones. All my work at the end of the day is about reducing stress hormones, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It's, it's just kind of that surrender, surrender to, I guess, just, just relinquishing this control or this need to just figure everything out, right? But you've still got to tell yeah. us your story. Yeah. I love yeah, the story. I, um, um, yeah, I, I love my daughter. I have a very special daughter. I, I think she's a, in, you know, I, I was driving through, um, if you read my book, you'll hear more about my, my upbringing, but it was a interesting one and a, a difficult one, but also uh, one that put me into service very early on. So I, I, I had the the opportunity of working with a lot of people um, in who were sick and old and in um, you know traumatized states because my father was a, a missionary and a, a pastor. So I and he was um, devoted to service himself. You know, he wasn't a big church guy. He was a go out in the streets and really help people who needed the most. So I got you know dragged along <laughs> to most everything he did and. And because of my own, my own health and um, kind of my own soul, quite a sensitive soul, um, I really feel like I developed uh, and was to some degree born with a pretty keen sense of intuition, um, sixth sense. We all have it, right? Um, I think sometimes various situations will, for children will make that heightened earlier on. Certainly anybody who grows up in a home where there's a neglect or abuse has a, a heightened sense. And usually that makes them quite intuitive as well. 
right? You have to be in order to navigate and survive a difficult environment. Mm. Um, but that being said, I, I left home pretty early. I graduated from high school early on and I, I went out uh, on the road a lot, camping and in the United States, we have all these amazing national parks and they're a really safe place to go be and, and to be in nature and to travel. But I was driving through West Texas, uh, close to a place called Marfa, which is really amazing art community now. And all of my ancestors are from that area, right? Originally, I'm, I'm what you call old school Texan in the States, although I live in New York City now. Um, and as I was driving, I was 17, and as I was driving uh, over a sort of small hill, it's quite bright. The light was shining into the car and I, it literally, like I couldn't see. So I, I pulled over and as I pulled over, I, I had a very clear vision. Um, almost like you would think about a daydream or a dream in and of itself, but it was so present. And it was uh, of, of me in the car and looking over uh, a, a, a girl about, you know, eight or nine with her hand out the window. You still get emotional telling the story. Oh. And she looked at me and she said, hey mom. Wow. <laughs> and so I think because I was set up to already have lived in such a, I lived in such a spiritual life from the beginning you know, one that I had to definitely um, change paths from because it wasn't the correct spiritual path for me. But it did, it, it, um, I had an inclination to not distrust it, to believe in, in that vision and to believe in that, that, um, that, that sight of her. And so I never really questioned it after that. I, I knew that she was with me. I knew that she, I was gonna have this only child daughter. And uh, I think because I felt that at 17, so early, and she was with me, and then I did the work of fertility work, starting, um, you know, when I was 25, I was ready to go <laughs> right off the bat to get her here. Mm. And then it took some time for everything to be in the right circumstances for her to, for her to come. And, and since then, now uh, she turns 10 very soon. And I, you know, the, the, what happens after she is here is also things I didn't plan for or expect, right? You know, like life can be a dynamic and ever-changing place. Mm. So, but I do, I do, you know, people, sometimes a lot of times when people book sessions with me, they, one of the first things they want to know is like, do you feel, do I have souls connected to me? Am I, are there yes. baby souls connected to yeah. me? And, you know, I, I did practice more of, in just the pure intuitive medical um, space for some time before I really felt kind of returning to what I said about advocacy. I felt that to, it was more powerful to help people. It was, it was going to be more powerful for, and more helpful, not only for a, a woman's healing or couples healing, family's healing to, to be able to, to do that connection, to find that connection and that voice on their own through their own processing versus just somebody like me coming to say, yeah, it's gonna happen, right? Because when somebody says, yeah, it's gonna happen, it's like you still, if you're in a lot of contraction or you're still, all these other things are happening, doesn't, it doesn't, 
change your, your cells, you know, you don't feel it in your heart as much. Do you not so, think, see, mm-hmm. I'd be really reassured if someone just said, you're okay, you've got their babies, that's it, go chill, like it's fine, they'll come to you. But sure. you didn't find that. No, I think that it's a mixture, honestly. And, and sometimes that certainly can help. And I definitely, you know, I don't, it's definitely a part of the work I do. I don't, I do share that with clients one-on-one, you know, I do. And I tell them also, if I feel like there's difficulty, right. Or I, and it becomes quite complex. And we're getting into the energetics of conception from um, more of what's uh, spiritual fertility kind of side or spirit baby side or a, more of a psychic fertility kind of side, right? There's some complexities there that um, are, are hard sometimes. Like sometimes I'm thinking of a client now who I've been working with for some time who was experiencing secondary infertility, right? Mm-hmm. And we got into the, the kind of, who also had a very difficult, uh, extremely difficult childhood and um, had spent a lot of healing through her becoming a mom herself, right? And what we found was that she was extraordinarily attached to the idea of her second child being a daughter, being a girl. And then she had uh, several miscarriages and um, the work that we did together was to, through unconditional love, and through what we decided together was the fact that she, she, not that she wasn't, she was attached to her. She was attached to her, her being and her soul. But we also came to the conclusion that this wasn't the right timeline for her. So we, we gently invited her with love and respect, you know, to, uh, leave the leave the room the spirit the spirit mm-hmm. yeah we invited her to, to leave the room with love and about six or eight weeks after that she became pregnant with a baby boy and she is I think uh seven glorious months pregnant now Wow. Oh my God. So my mind you is see, blown. You how? see, this is how the complexities of it's not just about spirit connection. It's about sometimes the, what I call kind of the cosmic air traffic control, right? What does this all mean though? Like, why was she here in the first place? Why did she need to go? This mm-hmm. has generated way more questions than answers. <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, I mean, I think um, she was here for a reason. And as we dug into it, we could see it. a lot of a lot of what her attachment was to this child um, had a lot to do with her uh, own experience of being her own inner child as a girl, a little girl, right? So there was a lot of projection and a lot of wanting to go back and do it better and right for the inner child. So it was it's almost like. I talk a lot about unconditional love as being one of the most powerful fertility drug, right? Unconditional love means it changes the whole playbook, right? Um, I'll give you an example of this, Jody. So like, say I'm having a fabulous party tomorrow night, it's Friday night. I'm going to make fires. I'm going to have the best food. I'm going to, all my friends who are beautiful souls, exceptional, compassionate, loving people are going to be there at seven o'clock. 
And so feel this, the difference of this, right? Jody, I'm having this party, I want you to come. But I need you to be there at seven o'clock, okay? Seven on the dot, that's when it started. Uh, if, you're not, if you're not there at like 7.01, 7.02, I might start texting you or calling you. Like, where are you? Why are you not here? Like, is something wrong? Like you feel the anxiety and the story come in, right? Check this out comparatively. Jody, I'm having a party at seven o'clock tomorrow. Fabulous people. I'd like you to come whenever you want, right? The door is open. I would definitely want to come to that party. I did not want to come to the 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 Feel yeah, the, the other party. Right? So much difference. Yeah. So let's think about that as being um, a soul, a spirit. And let's start to think about the ways, even if we have a lot of love to give and we're ready to be a, a parent, what happens with conditionality around love? Right? Mm, yeah. And how that feels. Wow. So yeah, and that's the connect that's the the simplest way I can talk about what was happening in, in her scenario. Right. There was some conditionality. That was a pregnancy that was not meant to that was a fruition of a soul that was not meant to uh, actualize in her life. Her karma was not for this life, perhaps another, right? Do you know how much I'm biting my tongue to be like, can you see any spirit babies? <laughs> I just, it's, I read these books and I'm like, I just want to know. But then again, that's, sure. is that forcing things? Okay, so I was actually no, going to ask you before so. we jumped on yeah. this podcast because yeah. I had this weird thing and I almost feel like in some respects, some things you're talking about, I can really relate to. I I had this really clear vision of like this I was like there is a girl baby waiting for me I like knew her name like this is this is it it's but then she's kind of gone and I'm like wait maybe I need to like try try hard for a girl if we could if we're gonna try there's this baby dust method and and like it's (laughs) like she's gone now I can't feel her like I feel like I've scared her off Mm. and it can you can you lose spirit can you can, can you scare off your spirit babies can you? I don't really know what I'm asking now. I'm just a bit like, <laughs> what, what's this all about? <laughs> well, Jody, I would probably dive into where that's reflected in some trauma you've experienced in your own life, right? Which is the second chapter of my book, which is trauma experienced from this life. Like I hear in that narrative, there's there's fear of what's happened when you have lost love before, right? There's fear of... Um, yeah, a scarcity, right? A fear of, of something not happening. And so I, I think that again, like there's the opportunity, right? To go into deeper healing when you're not getting pregnant when you want to. Mm-hmm. And it's important to do that work because this is your life at the end of the day, right? And if I'm, I would be remiss if I wasn't like my, my client is not the, to some degree, it is the children who come in through my clients, which I uh, have great fondness for and great love and feel very connected to. Um, but my, my client is you in that scenario. My client is your life and your health, right? And your being and your actualization. So the opportunity then becomes like, let's dig into it and let's see like what's coming up, right? And then and let's just like, let's name it. And with trauma or things that are painful or wounds, just naming them over and over again, bringing them to the light really diffuses them 
It really disarms them. So what you might find after doing some of that work is that she, her voice was still there. Mm. It was just the override of the story and the fear and your trauma that was getting in the way of hearing it. Right. Oh, interesting. It's, I definitely feel when you talk about more of that expansive feeling, I feel like when I'm not working and trying to get things done and like, I've got to do this and do that and be on time here and get back to this one, exactly as you said, I can almost like hear more of the spiritual side of things. Mm. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So many questions. Mm -hmm. I need to just stop the podcast (laughs) and just ask you. (laughs) Um, How, I mean, when people are, I'm sure people are listening and going, I just want to know what's going on with me. How can I address my blocks and how can I find out more about my trauma and how can I just kind of come more into the spiritual side on a fertility journey other than getting your book, which is the best book ever. Thank you. How, how can people begin on this journey? Um, take this even tuning in or hearing it as um synchronicity right this already is a part of being on that path to being open to the spiritual connection right even being here and listening all the things that aligned in the timing of your day or the choice to put this on instead of um an audiobook or you know just randomly even showing up here you know Mm. Uh, that is uh, already a, an initiation, right? So that's also what I wanted to say to you a moment ago is that um, <laughs> a lot of times once I have somebody and I'm working with somebody one-on-one, because listen, I'm not for everybody as a, as a healer and practitioner, you know? There are some people who uh, really uh, do better with the work of, some other of my colleagues who, uh, you know, practice in a different way than I do, right? I, I have a very, I offer what I have, my soul has, my perspective, my education, my healing, right? So by the time somebody comes to work with me one-on-one in person or online, I also tell them, you know, that in and of itself is a sign that you're on the spiritual path, right? Because I am this is my life, this is my energy, this is my vibration, right? And to even, even if it's accidentally that you sign up for somebody, you know, randomly gives you a session with me, that's it. That's already a part of that path unfolding, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And if, how can we transform fear? Is it just about if people, because I I just, I can hear, the women I work with just going yeah okay tuning into the expansive trying to calm my nervous system yeah yeah I get I've got that okay fine Mm -hmm. but I've been on this road for so many years and I've had so much difficulty I'm now in a point where I can't stop worrying about this will it ever happen for me what what can they do it's hard it's hard I'm not saying I mean, none of this work is, um, it's none of it's easy work, but um, I, I like the two quotes 
um, one of which is from a Robert Frost poem, which is that the only way out is through, right? And the second one, which is sort of uh, my motto in life is to do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain, right? Do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. So when you're in a prolonged fertility journey and you have a lot of fear, you're overcome by the contraction or why it's not going to happen or the trauma has built up, right? The process itself has become one that's added more trauma to your life. It's uh, sometimes you have to do something quite uh, radical in that space in order to really shift it and move it. And that's the invitation of real suffering as a human being, right? This is the core of Buddhism, is that you suffer as a human being and then you, you evolve and change because it really sucks to sit in suffering, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say to try and keep perspective, keep like a bird's eye perspective on the person they are now and what they have gained in insight and wisdom and humility or self-knowledge right? Maybe how much more um, truthful of a person they are, how much more vulnerable of a person they are, um, or how much more broken of a person, how much more angry of a person, you know, whatever has come as a part of that journey uh, is not in, invaluable, right? There's something that has, has been important about that too. And as far as like how then to gain more alignment to get the energy and the allegiance to keep on listening to that voice, which is like, no, I am going to be a mother this lifetime. It is supposed to happen to me. I hear this voice. I know this intuition is mine. I know it's going to happen. I need more support. I need more help. I need a different perspective. I need something. I need more. I need something to shift, right? Women are very powerful. And we have endured and carried children through uh, the darkest ages of this earth, right? Mm. And sometimes in our own life, there's a kind of a microcosm of that, like the darkness, the um, dark night of the soul, as they call it, right? So I, I hear you. And I, I wish I had easy fixes for the mm. suffering. I wish I did. But I do believe... Um, and I've seen this over and over again, that a lot of times things make sense looking back. Yes. I really believe in this as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually, I did a podcast a couple of episodes ago where I was talking about this, you know, even just from a lighter perspective where I had the most crippling period pains and it was horrific mm -hmm. and I had no idea what was going on and why. And it led me I, I had absolutely no interest in fertility or hormones mm -hmm. or anything whatsoever, but it's led me completely down this path, which I mm -hmm. wouldn't have happened had I not had that horrific time. So, yeah. and I, I really exactly believe in yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, spiritual fertility is my is my offering, my guidebook for um, some of the things that I think are helpful for for folks who are in that place. Yeah. It's, it's such an amazing book. I mean, not only do you share stories, but you've also got exercises at every point. I particularly love your, your mission of kindness exercise. Oh, I'm I glad you like that one. one. That's it's, nice. Thank you. 
It's just, you know, for anyone that's listening and you want to delve more into this spiritual side, the book is fantastic. You know, there's with the mission of kindness, it's like if you're feeling overwhelmed and obsessing about over whether the next pregnancy test will be positive or negative, then volunteer work is your remedy. Ask your intuitive guides to lead you to a place where service is needed. I just think that's such an interesting, like refreshing point. Yeah. And there's any, everything from tracking your dreams to just flicking through is tracking your dreams to looking at blocks that might be limiting you and what pillars you need to support your spirit and I just I I think it's it's such a great bible that everyone needs Mm. on this journey it's fantastic so thank you so much and if people want to work with you more and have support on this path what's the best way to find you what do you offer how can people get in touch with you sure absolutely um thank you for your kind words i uh i uh you know it's quite (laughs) it's quite vulnerable to to write a book where you're really sharing so much of uh you know as an introvert the details of one's life right but uh thank you for with kind words, I appreciate it. And, and I'm very grateful to everybody who's supported my work in, in this lifetime. I've been lucky to be able to do this uh, my whole life. So um, I offer both in-person sessions and online virtual sessions um, at my website, drtulivon.com under services. There are several different offerings there. I try to make my work inclusive and available to everyone. Um, I do my best to, uh, you know, set aside as much time as I can and in my own life (laughs) and busy life to uh, make sure there's availability for everybody and and trying to accommodate everyone. I also uh, am leading a a workshop called Moon Lodge, which is very dear to my heart, which is an online workshop, which can can be found online and downloaded too. And we have in person retreats as well happening. That's a powerful uh, integration of. It includes people who have had difficulties in their fertility path. It includes people who have lost children as grown women, um, whose children have been murdered or died of cancer. Oh, it includes yes. people who have uh, suffered um, many traumas, right? But the point of it is that sitting together as women, and as, a, as I look at my own evolution going forward in my work and as a healer, I'm really, for me, it's this intersection of doing the personal work of healing and, um, and, and all that that entails from the nutritional, the holistic, the body, the spiritual, and then bringing that and sharing it with the group. I, I believe in the intersection and the power of individual work within a group. I think it's very powerful and important, especially now for women to gather. Mm. Completely agree. Completely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a big calling for it. It's almost like returning back to mother earth and to where women were just together. I often talk about like the moon lodges, red tents where women would just like exactly. go during their periods and just do nothing. And I would love to bring that back. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's oh, do it. I wish we were closer. Come to England. I'd give you a hug. <laughs> I know, I'd love to. Um, I love the UK. I love Europe. I'm coming as soon as like everything's more open. I'll be there. 
You are I'll be in your kitchen. Welcome. I'm coming to your kitchen. <laughs> that is amazing. I will make us smoothies. We can we can chat about spirit babies all day long. Yeah. Oh, it'd be amazing. Thank you so much. So where can people find you? DrJulieVaughn.com. Um, I'm on Instagram too with Dr. Julie Vaughn. I'm try and spread myself in other places, but those are the two the best places to find me. Amazing. Thank you so much. And for anyone that's looking on YouTube, get this book. <laughs> Thank Amazing. You, thank you, you so yeah. much. And thank you all for listening and, and uh, you know, finding this, this moment today. I appreciate the, the chance to share and to talk to you. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave me a review in iTunes or your podcast app because that just means that we can grow and we can take over the world and inspire as many women as possible and get this health and wellness information out there to the masses. Mm-hmm.